John 18, 1-14 After saying these things, Jesus crossed the Kidron Valley with his disciples and entered a grove of olive trees. Judas, the betrayer, knew this place because Jesus had often gone there with his disciples. The leading priests and Pharisees had given Judas a contingent of Roman soldiers and temple guards to accompany him. Now with blazing torches, lanterns, and weapons, they arrived at the olive grove. This is the part of the movie where your hands start to sweat. You rub them on your pants nervously. You know the big fight scene that you've been waiting for for two hours is about to go down, and people are going to get hurt. The camera pans across the Roman soldiers with their pitchforks and their torches. The light flickers off of their shiny armor. The camera rests for a moment on Judas as he draws his sword from its scabbard. Sweat trickles from his forehead down into his beard. Then we fade in quickly on Jesus, sitting calmly as Peter, John, and James stand abruptly to face the coming horde. Peter's eyes move quickly to his old friend Judas, and they are filled with disgust that quickly turns to anger. Without turning around, Jesus speaks softly, Who are you looking for? The Roman captain yells out, Jesus Christ! Eerie music begins to fade in, and Jesus stands with his back to the mob. For a moment there are no words, then Jesus speaks, I am he. You feeling lucky, punk? Suddenly, Jesus turns to the face the mob, and the soldiers fall over in fear. But quickly, Malchus, a young soldier, draws his sword and charges at Jesus. Peter, thinking on his feet, draws his own blade and cuts Malchus down. James and John charge into battle. Jesus begins to step slowly forward with his eyes on Judas. Judas is frozen with fear. The three disciples surround Jesus, slicing down the Romans one by one until there are none left. Everything is still. Jesus stands in front of Judas. Judas is speechless. Jesus cries out, This is Yahweh! And kicks Judas, catapulting him into a boulder where he breathes his final breath. Jesus turns to his companions and says, Today, Judas. Tomorrow, the world. Credits roll. Post-credits scene. Jesus and his disciples stand in front of Rome, armed for battle. Jesus Christ will return in The Avengers, Revelations, Chapter 1. Okay, so that is not even sort of how it happened. But our Hollywood-loving hearts and our human souls that want revenge and bloodshed for ourselves want this scripture to go this way. Because we can only see what is in the now, not the whole picture. But now, let's read what really happened, according to God's plan. John 18, 1-14, for real. After saying these things, Jesus crossed the Kidron Valley with his disciples and entered a grove of olive trees. Judas the betrayer knew this place because Jesus had often gone there with his disciples. The leading priests and Pharisees had given Judas a contingent of Roman soldiers and temple guards to accompany him. Now with blazing torches, lanterns, and weapons, they arrived at the olive grove. Jesus fully realized all that was going to happen to him, so he stepped forward to meet them. Who are you looking for? he asked. Jesus the Nazarene, they replied. I am he, Jesus said. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. 
and as Jesus said, I am he, they all drew back and fell to the ground. Once more he asked them, Who are you looking for? And again they replied, Jesus the Nazarene. I told you that I am he, Jesus said, and since I am the one you want, let these others go. He did this to fulfill his own statement. I did not lose a single one of those you have given me. Then Simon Peter drew a sword and slashed off the right ear of Malchus, the high priest's slave. But Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword back into its sheath. Shall I not drink from the cup of suffering the Father has given me? So the soldiers, their commanding officer, and the temple guards arrested Jesus and tied him up. First they took him to Aeneas, since he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest at the time. Caiaphas was the one who had told the other Jewish leaders, it's better that one man should die for the people. The part of this that really sticks out to me in this bit of scripture is Peter. A hothead from the beginning, a foul-mouthed fisherman with anger issues, who just so happened to be the rock that Jesus was to build the church on. Keep in mind, this is the same Peter from Acts 5, who is so filled with the Holy Spirit that people hoped his shadow would cross over the sick in order to heal them. Imagine being Peter in this story, a disciple of Christ who was oppressed by the Roman Empire, a man who lived with Jesus for three years, knowing that Jesus was the Messiah, the Savior of all, the one who defied the religious leaders and the Romans, the one who healed the sick and broken, the one who had so much power, he empowered Peter himself and the other disciples. Jesus, who knew the future, knew he would be betrayed by Judas. You are Peter in this story, and Jesus is your best friend, your brother, your king. You have eaten and gone hungry with him, slept on floors, run from the authorities, helped people, healed people. You would do anything for him. You would die for him, and you would kill for him. You love him and he has empowered you to do so and given you the free will to choose it. So here we are, the scene in the garden. Judas and the Roman police have come to take Jesus. Gut reaction? You step up. You draw your sword. You say, not my king, not my friend, not my brother. You attack Malchus. You defend Jesus. And this is the most important part. Jesus tells you to put down your sword. He heals the man you injured, the man who will arrest him. You look at your king as he is arrested, your best friend, your brother, your hope. And you ask yourself, was this all for nothing? Was this all a lie? And then you run for your life, filled with anger and frustration and crushed dreams. Maybe enough to even swear on your life that you never even knew Jesus in the first place. The way that this scripture reads to me is Peter had a completely different idea of who Jesus was. He thought Jesus would crush the Romans and save the oppressed from their grasp. But Jesus had his eyes on a much, much bigger prize. The big picture, humankind itself. In the telling of this moment in the book of Luke, we see Jesus heal his enemy. In the book of Matthew, we see Jesus saying, Put your sword back in its place, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my Father, and he will at once put at my disposal more than twelve legions of angels? 
But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen in this way? By this we are given the holiest version of step off. In Matthew and Mark, Jesus makes a point of saying that he's not a rebellion leader, but a loving teacher and friend who is here to save us. Do you ever feel like Jesus is not the Savior you want him to be? Do you ever find yourself wondering why bad things happen to good people and vice versa? Are you ever stuck in a rut and screaming out to God, Why would you let this happen to me? I thought you were my Savior. I thought you were going to strike down evil, destroy my enemies, and all around conquer everyone and everything that is mean to me. (laughs) Do you ever find yourself seeing Jesus as the person you want him to be, rather than who he actually is? I do. Oftentimes when I'm stuck in a rut, I wonder where my Hollywood Jesus is, and when he's going to come and have an epic fight scene with the villains of my life. I think as humans, we want revenge so badly, and we think that vengeance is justice. But it isn't. Because of Jesus' sacrifice for us, we get to have grace, and so do our enemies. Jesus has mercy on us when we cut off someone's ear. And he has mercy on the injured and heals their ear. Because his death was just as much for us as it was for our enemies. Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Aren't we all lost? Let's pray. Jesus, would you show your heart to us today? Give us your eyes so that we can see the big picture, so that we can see our enemies and villains as your children who need you just like we do. Would you erase this idea of a Hollywood Jesus from our minds and remind us of who you really are? Remind us that the greatest love is not to kill and get revenge, but to lay our life down, just as you did for us. We love you, and we thank you for all that you are. Amen.